0: Hello. How are you guys doing? Are you doing good and doing great? Amazing. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad you guys are back for another episode. I'm so excited for this episode. This is something that I've been generally thinking about and like marinating on for a minute now, and I'm just excited to just talk about this topic today in this episode. Um, for today's episode, I'm gonna be holding the episode of. I guess I'm gonna be holding the episode. I meant to say I'm gonna be holding the microphone in my hands. Usually I have it on the stand, but today I just wanna talk. I just wanna have y'all close to me. So I'm holding it a bit close to my mouth. So I apologize if the sound goes really high at some point or if you hear a lot of movement and like tapping because my nails might hit it or something. I don't know. I just want to hold it. I wanna have it in my hands today, okay? So let's just get straight into the episode. You already saw the title. The title is A Life of Obedience is Worth Living. And mm, 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 this is such a loaded statement that I want to really da- like un- dive through in this episode. Um, I've already kind of talked about obedience and how important obedience is in past episodes, but today, because usually I come out, usually the topic of obedience isn't always like fun, you know. And obedience isn't fun all the time. Um, but a lot of times when we talk about obedience, we talk about it like it's a like like it's a task, like it's a dreadful thing, like it's like oh my gosh, we have to you know we have to. Um... to death our flesh and pick up our cross and all these different things and we have to you die to ourselves all these different things you know we talk about a life of obedience as if it's like this burdensome thing which sometimes it cannot it's not really fun sometimes it's not really you know something you jump to the opportunity of doing but obedience comes with so much life obedience comes with so much fruit and joy that i feel like we don't always talk about how obedience can truly be a blessing obedience can be such a wonderful joyful beautiful thing to go through and even though obedience may not always be fun in the moment the outcome of it is always fruit it's always joy it's always abundance it's always like living out the Word of God and the promises of the Lord that are in Scripture so, like, yeah, that's kind of why I want to talk about this topic. Like, people aren't living in the abundant life that the Lord has given them and miss out on what God has for them because of their disobedience. Because they don't want to truly choose to obey and follow God a hundred percent. Give him your all a hundred percent. You know, I just think about so many of like my friends that fell off for Jesus. Like, so many of my friends that were on fire for the Lord and then fell off, or even seasons in my life where I wasn't truly like obeying god and how much i truly missed out on the harvest that was you know meant to be taken care of i missed out on the fruit i missed out on the abundance of life the lord has that the lord has prepared for all of us he has prepared good plans for all of us to do before the beginning of time good works for us to do before the beginning of time and we have to live in obedience to truly truly enjoy those things and i'm getting ahead of myself i'm getting so ahead of myself let me backtrack. So the reason why this topic kind of stirred up into my heart is when i was reading acts acts bro i love the book of acts i will always i will never stop talking about it that book if you ever feel like you're not on fire for the lord or if you ever feel like you're lukewarm if you ever feel like you just need to be stirred up for the lord read acts that book will stir you up like the works of the holy spirit the power of the holy spirit is so strong is so good and you cannot read that book and not feel stirred up but anyways i was reading um scripture I was reading the book of Acts, um, and in Acts chapter 16, verse 25 to 34, I was reading that, and bro, this story always gets to me. So, I'm going to read it right now, and um, and then after we're going to just talk about it a bit more. And I'm going to be reading it into the ESV Virgin. So, starting in Acts 16, um, verse 25, it says, About midnight, Paul and Celeste were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. And this is when Paul is in jail, by the way. Then he brought them up into his house and set food before them, and he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in God. And if you know, if you are a Jesus follower, if you are a Christian, if you have read scriptures, if you've sat, you know, in any sermon where any pastor is talking about the books of Acts, this story or about Paul's life, this story It's such an iconic story that we always talk about. We always talk about, you know, like the prison doors open, all these different things, Shane falling down. It's, there's so many metaphors that we use this um, to kind of illustrate a Christian life or to illustrate the Christian walk. We just talk about the story a lot of the times, but I feel like what we don't talk about is all the stuff that Paul went through before this what led him to this moment in prison we always want to talk about the chains that fell and all these different things which is an amazing which is like amazing powerful works of the lord that i will dive into, into deeper later into this episode But what even led paul to this moment in prison it was his obedience to share the word of god to share the gospel to be a missionary to be all in for the lord before they actually got thrown into jail, they were going into a place of prayer where they met a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners um, much fortune. But then they were following, this is in uh, the same chapter in verse 16 um, all the way to 24. And they were fo- and this girl with the spirit of divination was following Paul wherever they were going. And she kept talking, talking, talking. And then eventually, Paul, sick and tired. Because here it says um paul having become greatly annoyed turned and said to the spirit i command you in the name of jesus christ to come out of her and it came out of her that's so funny like paul was truly a gangster bro. this guy was like bro you you are so annoying in jesus name get out of her right now right now and it came out because what was it going to do in jesus name but anyways once the spirit of divination came out of her um the owners saw that they were lose they were gonna like lose their money because people pretty much they were making money off of this woman by the spirit of divination and if I remember if I remember clearly the spirit of divination um is like kind of like yeah the spirit of divination is a spirit that like tells the future fortune telling all these different things bro N- bro nothing is new under the sun like it's so crazy how nowadays this new age type stuff is so popular for telling, um what's it called tarot cards all these different things like predicting the future is so popular now but this has been happening this has been existing but anyways um these men they were making money her owners were making money off of her pretty much predicting people's future and then when paul rebuked her and like told the spirit to get out of her and it came out they were upset they were like dang our money is gone how are we gonna make money off of her so they took paul And um, they dragged him before the rulers. And they were like, and this is what they said. I'm going to read in verse 20. And it says, And when they had brought them to the magistrates, they said, These men are Jews, and they are disturbing our city. They advocate customs that are not lawful for us as Romans to accept or practice. And it's so interesting how not only did they bring them in front of the rulers because he uh, rebuked the spirit that was within the lady, and now he wouldn't be able to make profit off of her, but also they brought her before the rulers because they were speaking customs they were speaking um different things different ways and practices that were not according to their jewish customs in other words they were speaking about the gospel they were sharing the gospel they were sharing the message that jesus preached on this earth the same message that got jesus crucified that's what they were sharing and these people frustrated and annoyed literally brought them to rulers and then if we continue reading in verse 22, it says, The crowd joined in attacking them, and the magistrates tore the garments off of them and gave orders to beat them with rods. And when they had inflicted many blows upon them, they threw them into prison, ordering the jailer to keep them safely. Having received this order, he put them into their inner prison and fastened their feet and stocks." Bro, this is so real. This is so, so, so real. Like, just how Jesus was persecuted, just how he went through so much, like, anguish and pain and suffering, so will we, and so have his followers. Like, you know, this is literally what Jesus literally said this, like you will face many troubles in this world, but don't worry, I'll overcome this world. This is what Paul is literally going through. But it's so interesting how like he is suffering because he is sharing the gospel, because he is evangelizing, because he's talking about Jesus, about customs that are not of their time, that are not of their world. Um, and he's being persecuted because of that. But it's because of his obedience to the lord it's because of his obedience to share the gospel amongst all nations um the great commission you know because he's fulfilling the call the great commission that jesus sent for us to do not just paul but all of us even till this day because he's doing this he is brought in front of rulers to be persecuted and then eventually into jail that is what brought paul into prison it was his faith it was his obedience complete obedience to god even in the face of opposition and yeah it may seem like a you know a hard thing like what he went through was of course was Terrible. like what the heck it's unjust it's not right you know it's painful but look at what came out of it his obedience who led him to be persecuted and then eventually thrown into jail in this moment gave him an opportunity in prison he had an opportunity he could either you know wallow up in sadness and in grief and in anguish and maybe even like rebuke the lord even like you know rebuke the lord as crazy why did i say that oh my gosh but some people that go in through like really hard situations some people that go into these really hard situations by obeying god thinking it's going to bring them prosperity they may face even greater persecution all these different things they may even turn their 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 um heads away from god they may even turn away from god paul could have done that honestly he had every right he was just like he had he didn't do anything wrong he was innocent he was innocent just like jesus we see we see a resemblance here we see a resemblance here but this man was innocent he could have done everything in this under the sun but you know what he chose to do in this hard hard time he's probably sore from all the beatings you know his clothes are all turned, uh, torn up he's probably sickly and wounded and all these different things frail and tired and this time of weakness and the time of human weakness and pain and suffering you know what he chooses? he chooses to do let's read verse 25. It says about midnight Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening to them. They were praying and singing hymns to God. That's what they were doing. Even though they were being persecuted, even though they were held in prison, even though they were held in one of the most like not fun places to be, they were praying and singing hymns to God. His obedience that eventually led that led him to share the gospel, led him to evangelize in the face of opposition. His obedience, his faith towards the Lord, eventually also led him to praise him and glorify him in a place, in a time, in an environment where he should be weeping, where he should be um, even mad or angry. Instead, he's turning his sorrows into prayers. He's turning his sorrows into glory and honor towards God, his Savior. And that is so amazing and wonderful. It it's it's a life and it's obedience and it's faith that we should look up to every single day. And people see all these miracles, like we see the miracle that comes after this, after how suddenly the prison the prison was shaken and the doors were open and the chains were, you know, falling down and everything. We see these miracles, and we say, "Oh my gosh, God is so good. God is so great." But the miracle, what the Lord. God can only move as much as we allow, okay, allow him to, wait, 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 I don't, God can do all things, he can do all things, even with people who don't have faith, he can literally do all things, he can move, he can do amazing things, but our faith in God allows him, allows him to move into greater, greater, greater ways, our obedience to him allows him to move and to do way more than we were if we were disobedient if we lacked faith and that's just a fact that we see that all the time throughout the bible it's just a fact people see all these miracles and everything they want the miracle they want the prison doors to be open they want their chains to be broken off but they don't see the faith and the obedience that you must have that you need to have towards the lord they don't see that you need to be Have a relationship with God that is so close and tight. You don't see how you need to be devoted to God in such a sincere and pure and holy way for these miracles to happen. Because if it wasn't for the way that Paul had faith in the Lord, that Paul obeyed the Lord, that Paul was literally praying and singing hymns in prison, in prison out of all places, then, like it says in verse 26, then suddenly there wouldn't be an earthquake that shook the foundations of the prison. And immediately the doors wouldn't have opened and everyone's bonds would not have unfasted. That wouldn't happen if it wasn't for the faith and the obedience that, the, that Paul and Silas had towards the Lord. It's by his obedience that all these things could have happened. It's by partnering up with the Lord that all these things could happen. We wanna see heaven brought down. We wanna see the Lord move and have revival happening everywhere. We wanna see happen. We pray for these things to happen, but are you living in accordance to his will? Are you being obedient to God for him to even allow these things to happen in your life to begin with, but in people's life around you. Because I I honestly believe that when you are truly, truly devoted to God, when you give God your all and you are completely soaked into him and you're completely filled with him, that there, there will be such an overflow in your life that it will just transform you and then eventually slip, sleep. What, what am I saying? It will eventually drip, fall into other people. There will be such an overflow into your life that it will fall into other people. That wherever you go, you will touch other people. Wherever you go, people will feel your, the presence of the Lord around you, in you. That They will see Jesus truly through you. And we see this even in the Bible. We see how Peter, in the beginning of Acts, Peter was out here. He was, bro, Peter? Bro, Peter is crazy. Like That's why when you think of Peter, you don't always think of um. Yeah, okay, Loki, the first thing you think about is how he denied Jesus. Okay, cool. But you also think about how he did these amazing things to the Lord, bro. Peter was so on fire for the Lord and the Holy Spirit was so on him that his shadow, bro, oh my freaking goodness. His literal shadow would literally bring healing to people. He would walk and his shadow would bring healing to actual people. People that couldn't walk could walk because they were standing, like they could feel his shadow on him imagine being so dripped (laughs) like literally so dripped out for the lord so soaked in him in his spirit like that your shadow is bringing healing upon other people that's insane like i want that i want that but that comes at a cost that comes with true devotion obedience to the lord because even peter went through persecution he went through a lot of hard stuff i think about moses how moses um after he would spend time with the lord the tabernacle his face was so bright it was so bright that they had to put a veil on top of his face because it was too bright for other people to see it hurt their eyes like that's insane like that's insane we should spend time in prayer to the point where when we come out we're so bright we're such a light to the world that people are like oh my gosh like i can't even who are you why are you like this like like why are you the way that you are? And then boom, that gives us an opportunity to tell him about Jesus. Gives us an opportunity gives us an opportunity to evangelize and all these different things. Like that's what we should aspire to. And I feel like also people don't understand that when you're not obeying God, you're disobeying him, obviously. Like you're not obeying God, you're disobeying him. But what does it mean to disobey God? Disobeying God doesn't just mean to reject him, but you're rejecting him and you're accepting something else. Like you there's no There's no middle ground here. It's the kingdom of darkness is the kingdom of heaven. Those are the two forces working in this world, okay? We know that ultimately we're not fighting a battle between flesh and blood. We're fighting against evil principalities that we cannot see. That's just a fact, okay? So when you're disobeying God, you're rejecting him and accepting another. What are you accepting? You're accepting the devil. You're accepting his hand into your life. You are partnering up with the kingdom of darkness instead of partnering up with the kingdom of heaven and and, um, of glory. But what do we know about the kingdom of darkness? First of all, the enemy's been defeated already. So when you're partnering up with the kingdom of darkness, you are already fumbling. You have fumbled. You have literally fumbled. And we know that by the end of times, that the kingdom of darkness will ultimately lose. Because the Lord will come back. And he will reign for eternity. For glory to glory to glory. So by partnering up with the kingdom of darkness, you're ultimately going nowhere. It's a dead end. It can, it will not, it will never be as greater. It will never withstand the light and the power of the Lord. The Lord already has one and he will always win time and time again. We see it here. When Paul literally rebuked the spirit that was inside of the lady, she was gone. The spirit was gone. He had to or she had to, whatever. The spirit had to leave because God's going every single time. He is up on the omega at the beginning and again, he is alive. So the death has been defeated. Like the enemy has been completely you know thrown away like stomped on he can do nothing against his children against god against the holy spirit he can do nothing so by disobeying god by living a life of disobedience by living a life of wickedness by living a life in sin um indulging in the things of this world it can only take you so far because eventually you will not only die you're not only only already dead spiritually or you're heading that direction but You will also just die. The enemy came to kill, steal, and destroy. He doesn't like you. He doesn't want you to prosper. This world will sell you all these different lies and things. It will sell you money, fame, all these different things. This world will tell you all these different things. Like, but ultimately, he, the enemy, wants to kill you. He wants to kill you. And I can tell you from my own personal experience. Before I came to Christ, I was living a life of just complete depravity. Like I wasn't even living. I wasn't living. I wasn't living. I was just going by the motions. I wasn't living for a purpose. I wasn't living living for a reason. And I, and I was sold a lie from the enemy, and by by my own foolishness and my own actions, you know. I sold a lie from the enemy, and I would seek out all these different things: seek out guys, seek out pleasure into porn and masturbation, and all these different things, thinking that it's gonna satisfy me, but it never, never did. And every time I would take it, every time I would come and Grab it every time I would come and indulge in it, it would take more out of me and more and more out of me. And it became so consuming that I had so many lies and thoughts into my mind telling me that I was, you know, that I was never gonna be happy and all these different things. I was so depressed, I was so filled with so much anxiety, I was insecure, I had no reason for living, I found no purpose into anything. And I even had suicidal thoughts and all these different things. And I was hurting myself and I was, you know, not eating um starving myself to try to fit into a mold and all these different things like the enemy was trying to kill me genuinely trying to take life out of me to the point where he was feeding me with thoughts of suicide like that's the work of the kingdom of darkness bro like that will that will never take you far this world will never take you far it ultimately just wants to end you but by obeying God, you are directly working against the kingdom of darkness. You're working against the devil. And you are partnering up with God so that heaven can be brought down on earth. You are partnering up with the kingdom of heaven. And we know that the kingdom of heaven has already won. Jesus already won. He already won. So with him, there is victory. With him, there is glory. There is eternal glory in heaven. Seated with him forever for eternity with him there is everlasting joy everlasting peace with him hey with him it might not always be perfect on this earth no there is suffering to come on this earth but that's the beautiful thing about the kingdom of heaven it's not just about here oh my gosh it's not just about here it's about eternity to come it's about heaven And I think that's a greater hope, a greater peace, a greater joy that this world could ever offer. This world is all about pleasure now, now, now. But that pleasure ends now. That pleasure ends when you die here. After that, it's suffering for eternity. But heaven, when it comes to the kingdom of heaven, yeah, Jesus said it. There will be troubles in this world. But take, but have hope. Take heart. I have overcome the world. He has overcome the world. That means that when we die, we will also be... um, resurrected just like he was resurrected we will also be resurrected and live an eternal life of glory and joy and peace and eternity with him that's what obedience brings you obedience brings you eternal promises obedience brings you eternal joy obedience brings you eternal peace forever and i feel like people forget that like what is and i've generally thought about this so many times like i've generally thought about this like there were times where i've I have gone through really, seriously, really, seriously hard seasons in my walk with Christ, and I really sit down with myself and I'm like, "Bro, I don't think I can do this anymore." Like, I, I generally don't think I can do this. Like, I can't. Like, I'm so weak. I'm so frail. I'm, I'm going through it, but it's like I, it's either I go through this with God, knowing that I have hope, knowing that I have eternity to look forward to, knowing that I can look ahead of me, and you know, and have glory to look forward to, or I can go through this without God and have no hope and have no purpose, have no reason, have no sort of foundation to keep me going. It's either that. And I realize, hey, I'd rather go through the worst days of my life with God than go through the worst day of my life without God. Because without God, there's no hope. Without God, there's no reason. Without God, everything is just futile. Ecclesiastes 3 says it best without God everything is futile. And I think about like people like that have been hurt by the church or people that have walked away from God because of certain things. And I'm just like, man, like the hurt that like that's the thing, and that's I feel like people forget eternity because the hurt that we feel here, even though it is real. And it's tangible it needs to be addressed and you know there needs to be healing and restoration which god can do so it's like if you're hurt by the church or hurt in this world why would you run away from the thing that can heal you ultimately you know it's kind of dumb but but i do understand like there is true pain and suffering on this earth but it's like with god it's temporary it's just here and Like I mentioned, why run away from the thing that can eternally heal you? That can bring, that can heal the deepest of deepest of wounds. And I was, um, it was, uh, I was at small group, women's group, Wednesday last Wednesday, and uh, one of the girls, she said something that really seriously touched me, and she was saying how there is a healing and a restoration that the Lord can bring that can heal up the most traumatic and darkest places in our lives like they can heal up the most wounded areas in our lives like complete healing and restoration like it's brand new and that really really touched me cuz like I've been through like I mentioned multiple times before on this cha- on this I was going to say channel and on this podcast I've been through a lot of childhood trauma like I have been through a lot of traumatic stuff stuff like I'm still working on and honestly for a really long time I kind of thought like i'm gonna live with this forever like this is gonna be something i'm gonna take to my grave like it's gonna be something that just triggers me here and there but when she said that it just made me realize like oh my gosh Who is my god and why am i limiting him why am i making him so small against you know the attacks from the enemy against the kingdom of darkness that was trying to take me out like why am i making him so small when he has overcome the world he can heal the deepest of deepest of wounds the deepest of hurts the deepest of pains even church hurt he can heal I don't know why I feel so prompt to talk about it, to talk about church hurt, but I just feel like so many people have been hurt from the church and that run away from and by trying to find healing and restoration and trying to, you know, feel better about their pain. They run away from God. They run away from God and ultimately his people, you know, and it's really upsetting um, because, like I mentioned, why run away from the thing that can heal you? you know from the thing that can ultimately heal the deepest wounds and by and then there are some people that do come back to God but don't want anything to do with their church but you know what's so so incredibly interesting when Paul was uh, on his way to persecute more Christians and Jesus appeared to him he said why are you persecuting me hmm. by Paul Paul while Paul was persecuting his people he's thinking he's doing the right thing you know he's living this godly Jewish life you know But no, ultimately that by by hurting God's people, he was hurting him. He was hurting God. And so when you think you can come to God and not come to his people, you're lying to yourself. We are God's people. And by ultimately hurting his church, you're hurting him. And by rejecting his church, you're rejecting him. You know? So anyways, I don't know why I just feel like talking about that. But it's like true restoration, true joy, true peace comes with the Lord. It does not come like against him and there's no point in disobeying god because by disobeying god you're missing out on all these amazing good things which brings me into the next thing that i want to talk about i kind of mentioned it in the introduction of this episode but the lord has good plans for you he has works for you to do take that in like every time i think about that bro it shocks me like the lord has literally works for me to do before i was even formed into my mother's room he has a story he has a plan and purpose for me come on like he has things for me to do and you can only do those works and enjoy the harvest of those works enjoy the harvest the fruits that may come out of those works and true obedience to him and we see this we see this here in this passage in Acts 16 um in verse 33 to 34 it says Actually, I'm going to read from the verse 29 to 34. It says, And the jailer called for lights and rushed in and trembling with fear, he filled. He fell down before Paul and Celeste. Then he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And he said, Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved in your household. And they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all who were in the house oh my gosh and he took them the same hour of the night and washed their wounds and he was baptized at once and he and all his family they were all baptized his entire family the whole household were baptized then he brought them up into his house and said before them food and he rejoiced along with his entire household that he had believed in god oh my days oh my days the obedience paul's and sylla's obedience allowed the lord to move in such a powerful way that the jailer was like how can i be saved what must i do he's witnessed the power of the lord and this is what i'm talking about overflow man you can be so saturated in the lord and so soaked up in him that his work in your life in you will literally touch other people around you that will witness it and they're going to come to you and ask you what must i do to experience this what must i do to be part of this like kingdom to be part of this people what must I do? What must I do to be saved? And guess what? Paul, you know, shared the word of the Lord and he told him that what he must do to be saved. And eventually he got baptized, the jailer got baptized, but not only the jailer, but his whole entire family, the whole entire household. Paul's obedience gave him the opportunity to do the work that the Lord had called him to do. And to not just do it, but also reap the harvest that came out of it. Because the whole family was baptized. Him and the whole, the jailer and the whole family was baptized. But then it says that they enjoyed some good food. And they rejoiced that his whole entire family believed in the Lord. That is so good, isn't it? That is such an amazing thing. Yes, obedience can come at a price. But look at the harvest. Look at the fruits. Look at the joy. Look at the abundance of life that comes out of obeying God. Even when it's so incredibly hard And, like, I have to say that the most rewarding part of the Christian life, for me, at least, is not, like, good things happening to me. It's not money or, quote-unquote, prosperity or blessings. But it's ultimately seeing how the gospel is being shared and expanded amongst other people. And seeing how people are being touched and moved by the Lord and eventually giving their lives to him. Like, I invited my coworker to church. And he was so touched by God that he that he was going to cuz he's he makes music and he had like a musical block and musical rut so he hadn't been he hadn't made music in a minute but after the service he was saying how he was going to make music about God and all these different things and it touched me so much i almost cried because i just like i was at awe of the of the of the goodness of the lord seeing how people can be touched by the lord seeing how people can be moved by him seeing how people will find true love and peace in him is a greater it's the best reward that anything else could offer that this world can offer seeing the kingdom of god growing is the greatest reward of the christian like in my opinion i think it is like it's so it's so beautiful to see and when you're living a life of do- disobedience you're missing out on this man for all the lukewarm people you're missing out on the ways that the lord can use you like i think about like my coworker, by example who makes music and who you know has a niche for it and he's pretty good at it i would say if he really devoted all of his gifts and talents to jesus like if he first of all repented of his sins and all these different things got baptized and chose to obey him and to use god to glorify to use his gift to glorify god imagine what he could do for the kingdom imagine imagine how the lord could use that to multiply to, to reach other people that have the same story as him you know or, n- or not it doesn't matter to reach other people like it's so beautiful i think about i think about celebrities famous celebrities you know that are making music or actors or whatever that are living according to this world that are living that are working in the kingdom of kingdom of darkness and i think about oh my gosh what if these people were to use these gifts before the lord imagine imagine like it's such a beautiful beautiful thing to think about imagine what the lord can do imagine what the lord can do with your obedience it's oh my gosh it's so good okay now i want to talk about how to live a life of obedience you know i talked about you know the consequences of not living a life of obedience i talked about the fruit and the harvest and the abundance that comes to living a life of obedience but now i want to talk about how How do you live a life of obedience? Well, the number one thing, the number one key is to abide in Christ, to abide in his love. Because apart from him, you can do nothing. Okay, John 15 says it very, very well, very, very clearly. And this is so ironic because... Mm -hmm right now we're doing a series at my church and this is like the verse john 15 verse 1 to 12 like abiding in him as our true vine that is the word there that our pastor is preaching on and um it's truly the key it's the key to live a life of obedience at least in my opinion because by abiding in him first of all you can't do anything apart from him so that's one so if you can not do anything apart from him that means that in him you can do all things through Christ who's gave you strength you know so you can do all things in him that's also biblical you can find that scripture um but by abiding in him you um abide in his love and by abiding in him you're able to bear good fruits because he is our true vine so he will take care of us he will water us he will you know tend to our needs he will tend to our soil and he will cut off those branches those nasty branches those fruits that you know are growing rotten or those branches that don't bear fruit he will cut them off prune us refine us so that we may be able to bear fruit and do his will and obey him and i find that at least for me okay because i know for overachievers for the first child the oldest sibling especially coming from an immigrant black family we have a tendency of wanting to work to almost like um uh obtain or prove our value prove our sense of worth um and i think growing up as a kid whenever i made a mistake whenever i did something wrong i was met with a lot of yelling a lot of you know hitting and that in my mind that kind of taught me that okay i can't do anything wrong and if i do something wrong i will be punished so the way for me to get my parents approval or love is to do good is to be good is to work and so we come to christ like all these different preconceived notions of our childhood and everything and how we've been treated and we think that oh in order for me to i don't know obey him or in order for me to um reach like have blessings and abundance into my life i need to work 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 i need to do to do but i find that this way of thinking is flawed because our disobedience is not just our actions our disobedience is a matter of a heart it's our heart posture that's where it comes from the root of all evil is no not the root of our evil well yeah technically the root of all of all of evil is sin. you know it's our it's our heart it's our deceitful heart um so the lord doesn't want you to just do good he doesn't want you to be just be good he doesn't just want you to work he wants you to have a heart that desires to do these things he wants you to have a heart that desires to follow him that desires to obey him and i think that's why it says to abide in him and to abide in his love because it's it's his love that transforms transforms you from the inside and out and that ultimately wants that gives you the desire to obey him to follow him to live for him to to do what he calls you to do in his life in your life you know i think that's very very important for us to point out and for us to understand like you can't work in order to obtain things for the lord or you can't work in order to obtain some sort of blessing or i don't know you just you can't work to gain something for the lord it really has to come from a place coming from your heart because he sees your heart he sees everything but that doesn't mean that there's nothing that you have to do also it's faith and works but faith comes first you know, abiding in him comes first. And by abiding in him, and by abiding in his love, and by trusting in him, and by, and by putting your faith in him, as your one and true and only vine, then the works will flow. The works will come. Um, But that also comes with intention. Like I mentioned, when you're obeying God, you're partnering up with his kingdom. A partnership is Almost like I would say an agreement between po- both people, you think about husband and wife, they both decide to commit themselves to each other and it's the same thing with us and God. He is our groom and we are his bride and we have to commit we have to make that decision to commit to him just as much as he has made every decision in the world to commit to us, especially by dying for us. we must, we must also be willing to lay our lives down for him, hence dying to our flesh, you know, and picking up our cross and all these different things. So living, living a life of obedience requires intention, requires you f- to intentionally spend time with God in his word, in prayer, in fasting. Um, it requires, you know, for you to intentionally deny your flesh, deny your fleshly urges, deny your fleshly desires, to not make any provisions for the flesh, to not, make, to not even open a window, or not for, not for, uh, a window of opportunity for the enemy to come and, you know, deceive you and i'm speaking to myself by the way this whole entire message is also for myself because i want to work more on living a life of intentional obedience i want to work seriously more on that and being more intentional in you know what i listen to what i watch what i let entertain myself my thoughts all these different things um but spending intentional time with god also allows you to hear his voice and by hearing his voice it also gives you um more chance more opportunity to hear what he wants you to do and to be led by his spirit for you to live in obedience so it all ties in together and then next in order to live a life of obedience you have to have a posture of surrender you have to be humble you have to be meek you have to yield to the lord you know the lord can only work best with a softened willing heart he cannot work with a hardened heart he cannot work with a prideful heart With a heart who thinks he or she knows it all. Who doesn't need, you know, anyone else to teach or guide them. No, no, no. He needs a softened, willing, humble, surrendered heart. And in addition, like I mentioned time and time again throughout this episode, you have to get comfortable with the uncomfortable. If you want to be truly obedient to God. Obedience doesn't always feel good. But like I mentioned, it will fill you up lord have mercy it will fill you up people like i just i feel like i've i've realized so many things this whole entire summer has been so life-changing for me like in my christian walk in my life the way i see life the way i see like the world has changed so much and um i've realized like we always say like i want to be on fire for the lord like i want to you know do great things to the lord i want to give my all to the lord but in order for you to be on fire for the lord in order for you to experience the amazing power of the lord you have to be all in for him you have to be intentional in your pursuit of him you have to be on un- you have to be willing to go and do uncomfortable things um and to go into uncomfortable places and this whole entire summer um i i worked a job And like I mentioned, I talked about this in previous episodes, I have a job that is, well, I used to have, right now it's kind of like chill, I can't lie, but in the beginning of the summer, kind of like in the middle slash beginning of the summer, this job was very challenging for me, and I know that the Lord wanted me to be there. And I didn't know why, but now I know why, but I, I know that the Lord wanted me to be there and I did not want to be there. It was so hard for me to be there. Like it was such a challenging workplace. It was such a challenging job. The things I had to do were challenging. It was so challenging for me mentally, emotionally, spiritually. And I wanted to leave that place. And I have tried to leave that place, but the Lord corrected me and he said, you're not going nowhere. (laughs) And I, I had to be obedient and my obedience led me to so much pain my obedience led me to so much hurt but if it wasn't for me persevering in faith and staying there i would have never invited my friend my co-worker to church and he would have never had that experience with the lord and if it wasn't for me staying there i would not have would not have s- so many opportunities to share the gospel with so many other people like your obedience will fill you up like staying there as hard as it was as painful as it was at times It has filled me up in ways that, like, oh my gosh, I can't, I don't even have words to say. This is how, this is how I'm speechless. This is how speechless I am because God is so good. But obedience might not always feel good, but it will fill you up in ways that you will never even expect. It will increase your faith in ways that you will never even know, truly know. Like, there's so much abundant life living in obedience. It's so worth it. Like, I, it will... It's so worth it, it's so worth it. Even though it's hard, it's so worth it. And lastly, this is one promise that will help you live in complete obedience, in fearless obedience, in boldness obedience, may I add. But it is that the Lord is with you. God is with you. You do not have to be afraid. You do not have to worry. You do not have to be anxious about what's to come. You do not have to be anxious about, oh, this is gonna make me uncomfortable, da, da, God is with you. In Acts 18, um, verse 9 to 11, it says, And the Lord said to Paul, one night in a vision. Oh, wow. Why did I pause like that? And the Lord said to Paul, one night in a vision, Do not be afraid, but go on speaking and do not be silent. For I am with you, and no one will attack you to you to harm you. For I am many in the city. So I, bro, I have to restart. I'm so sorry. Acts 18, verse 9. It says, And the Lord said to Paul, okay yeah okay bro i think i've just been talking too much and my tongue is like kind of acting crazy but acts 18 verse 9 to 11 it says and the lord said to paul one night in a vision do not be afraid for but go on speaking and do not be silent for i am with you and no one will attack you to harm you for i have many in the city who are my people and he stayed a year and six months teaching the word of god among them Like I mentioned before, like, God, Paul has been through a lot of persecution, he's been through a lot, a lot of stuff, but one thing i realized is that throughout, like, his ministry, throughout, um, wherever he was going, evangelizing, doing mission work, the Lord was always by his side, like, in the literal sense, like, he was literally always reminding him that he was by his side, and he does not have to be afraid, because he's with him, and this is only one example, there's another example in Acts 23, verse 11, in acts 23 verse 11 it says the following night the lord stood by him and said take courage for as you have testified to to the facts about me in jerusalem so you must testify also in rome and y'all this is literally before um paul is getting plotted to be killed this is literally before he's gonna people are plotting to kill him to end his life and the lord is literally saying take courage like i know the journey ahead i know what you're going to go through I know you're going to go through a lot of suffering. They're going to try to kill you. They are. But take courage. Like, I'm by your side. Because it literally says, the the following night, the Lord stood by him and said, take courage. Isn't that powerful? Isn't that powerful that we can live in obedience and we can do the will of the Lord knowing that he's by his side? Knowing that he's by our side. And for that reason, we can take courage. We can be bold. We can be fearless. Like, that's, that's so beautiful. So beautiful so yeah that was the last point to help you to give you advice and some you know wisdom on how to live a life of obedience of complete obedience i really hope that this episode was helpful to some of y'all i know it is really helpful for me to even hear myself say these things and to say them out loud to interiorize them to meditate on these things to live by them and um also, a heads up, this is my last episode before school starts. I know I said that I wanted to um, pre record episodes and continue posting throughout my school year, but I feel like the Lord is telling me to take a break. Like, I don't know why, but I feel like He's telling me to, like, you did good. And, you know, this is what I wanted you to do. And now I want you to focus on school. Like, I want you to give your attention to this during this season. We'll come back to this in the next season. So, I guess this was season two of you know god's children podcast and i'm wrapping it up for the summer it was so 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 great and so amazing to post so consistently for like the last two months of summer (laughs) um and it was so fun to talk to you guys it was so fun to film episodes with my friend it was so fun to just share so much that i've learned and all the wisdom and everything and all and so many different stories that i've you know went through and stuff throughout the summer so before i want to leave i actually feel led to pray (laughs) i've never prayed publicly on any platform so this is gonna be a little intimidating for me a little out of my comfort zone but here not not me doing what i just preached not me doing what i just shared and living in obedience of the holy spirit but yeah i feel led to pray so i'm gonna pray right now so lord we just thank you so much for this episode thank you so much for the wisdom you've given me and um, the knowledge to share this with people out there in the world. I just pray that this episode blesses people and that they take it and they really meditate on your word and your scriptures and have boldness and courage to live a life of obedience. And I pray that they may have that boldness and courage because you are by their side, because you are with them. They can do all things because you are with them, Lord. And I also want to pray against any attacks of the enemy in people's lives, any lies that they are believing that is keeping them bound and trapped into disobedience and cycles of sin. I pray that Lord that your kingdom may prevail against them and I pray that they may come to repentance and true I'm um, surrendering to you and true um obedience into you soften their hearts Lord towards you. Soften their hearts towards you and um I just pray that whatever is keeping someone out there from truly living a life of obedience, whether they are lukewarm, whether they're living in sin, whatever is keeping people trapped and afraid to really make that step of faith. I pray that you'll remind them that there's so much more to living a life for you according to the kingdom of heaven. There's so much more life, so much more peace, so much more joy and love that this world will never be ever be able to offer. So Lord Jesus, please open people's eyes. Please open people's ears, soften people's hearts and draw them near to you, Lord, and um touch them. In Jesus' mighty name, I thank you so much for your love and your grace and your mercy. For the fact that you died on the cross for our sins, the fact that you're resurrected and we can have hope for eternity. I thank you so much for who you are, Lord Jesus. And I bless whomever is listening to this on the other side of this microphone and computer in jesus name i give you all the praise all the glory amen y'all I don't know if you i don't know if you guys can hear this but there's my phone is like guys anyways my phone was just buzzing a lot i apologize and then i had a call that i had to pick up so much was happening anyways yes so that's it for today's episode that's it for the season season two that was a wrap that was a wrap and um yeah i won't see you guys i won't talk to you guys in the next like months so it's a bit scary it's a bit scary but i am excited for what this third year university is going to bring me i'm actually really excited for third year i can't lie like i'm really really excited i'm looking at my classes and i'm like oh my gosh i can't wait to like learn and like study all these things so i'm really looking forward to it and maybe i might post an episode in the middle of the year i don't know we'll see but right now don't have any expectations to hear from me for the next Six months or nine months. So, yeah, see you guys on the other side. I pray that God is with you. Have a nice day. God bless you. Bye bye.